You're listening to Hot Takes with Brittany and Travis. Damn, these takes are hot. How? Okay, so I've been hearing a lot about this male gaze. So can you tell me a little bit more about it? Uh, I'm trying to recount all my intro to psychology (laughs) knowledge right now. But essentially, it's just um, the lens at which you view the world. So it talks about very like male-focused, male-centered gaze of the world in regards to kind of like... um, Equality between the sexes, I would say. If everything's like viewed in a male gaze, it would make it hard for females to push their through, vision through. Or So is it a feminist movement? Um, I wouldn't really call it a feminist movement. Um, I mean, I guess it was kind of like a weird, gray area almost because it's like we learned about it in like a feminist psychology <laughs> So, mm, so, it, so yes is the answer. So it's got a sprinkle of it on there. <laughs> just a little bit. So okay. Just, just, okay. <laughs> just walk me through the topic that you wanted to cover today. So I still don't really understand what the male gaze is. And to me, it just sounds like, like, is this like a patriarchal yeah. feminist type concern that you wanted to bring up? So essentially, so... Our mutual friend Taylor and I were on the phone last night and we were talking about when kind of our own like lens kind of became aware of this male gaze, like in ourselves. And because I'm, I'm very close with my dad, like my uncles, like very close, like male relationships. And like growing up, I, my school was kindergarten to grade nine. So, and it was like all of us the same. So I've known the same kind of group of boys since I was five years old. So, and it was always just like very like friends, 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 friends. And then it's like once like I started going through changes and like Taylor kind of said the same thing. It's when we noticed we're like, they're not really our friends. Like they look at you kind of differently. Or like say things differently. So you mean males specifically? Males specifically, yeah. So it's just kind of it just like you became like it's like this little click. You're like, oh, it's different now. And what time did you have that mental click? I started getting boobs really early. Like I was like grade four, like ten. And that's when, (laughs) and my sister came up to me and she was like, and it wasn't just like, oh, like they were like big and they were just like, it was very obvious. And like, I didn't think anything of it. My mom was like, that's just what happens. Your body just starts to change. Like it's no big deal. And I'm like, oh, no big deal. Okay. And then my sister came up to me and she was like, the boys will start calling you Brit Titney. (laughs) And I was like, what? So basically this shift occurs basically when women hit puberty yeah kind of what you're telling me i'm assuming taylor mirrored the similar sentiment exactly so she pretty much agreed and she's like yeah as soon as because she was grade five i think she said is when she started to change physically and she was just like yeah it was like the same thing like guys were yelling at you like oh do you have pubes yet to match those and like just these (laughs) vulgar things and it's like something you 
never had encountered before, like something no one like could prepare or had prepared you for. I don't know if they could prepare you for. So it was just very, yeah, it was a big shift. And then you just like didn't know what to do because it's like no one prepared you for this. It's like all these relationships you've had and established. Now you're like, oh, like they're not just looking at like me as a person anymore. It's like they're kind of looking at like everything. And so like, I remember wearing like two sports bras to try to like squish my boobs down to like kind of like blend in or like go back to how things were. And it's just like, there's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how does that impact you today? Is, is this gaze still an issue? Well, and that's why I think it is like with all kind of now women, like the Me Too movement, things like that. It's a lot of like you're told like, oh, it's just going to happen. Like they're just going to look at you like no matter what you do. So it's like you just need to accept it and like kind of not deal with it. And I feel like that's where a lot of this problem stems from is this happens to these young girls and they're you're kind of deer in the headlights like what do I do? And then you're just told like that's just the way it is. You got to deal with it. And it's you, you're saying that's the way it is that's kind of what you're told yeah so how how do you think is a more appropriate way to deal with that I think for myself like I saw a quote saying that they should teach girls to be protective and not polite and I think that to me I was like I wish someone would have like told me that like it's like yeah instead of me just being like polite like accepting these comments and, like, dealing with them, like, in the dark, like, by myself kind of thing, I could have, like, said, like, yeah, it's boobs, like, get over it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So that's where I think in, there needs to be that shift instead of being told, like, you just need to deal with this male gaze and it's just there and, like, you just got to get over it and you just got to deal with it. And that's where I think a lot of problems have stemmed from, like, these women. It's, like, no one... It's kind of like, no, you don't have to deal with this. <laughs> you can tell them, no, like go away kind of thing. So that's... do you think that that education has to start even before females hit puberty then? So because oh, it's obviously yeah. an education issue with the young boys. But I mean, totally. how effective could that possibly be trying to train prepubescent boys to do anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the own challenge I've taken upon myself for people who don't know. I have two sons one's crying right now I can hear him but um they like I want to be able to teach them like I want to teach them about female changes it's like this is what's gonna happen to girls like you don't comment on it because it's a natural thing it's normal and I think that's like just like normalizing it is like what's is like a a step in the right direction so when does that conversation need to happen then because you're obviously mentioning about being a proponent of giving this to them as early as possible. So mm-hmm. are you already considering like when that's going to happen? I think your, your kids are one and a half is the oldest. No, two, two and a half. Okay. He's two. And, two and a half. almost one, 10 months. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. When, when do you think that would happen? Like I start talking to Grayson about stuff now. Like I say to him, like, like we saw a person who's pregnant. I was like, oh yeah, the baby's in her uterus. And like, I use like the anatomically correct terms and everything. And if he has questions, like, then I'm honest with him. And I think a lot of people 
like going back to the problem, like a lot of people think you like can't teach consent at this age. And it's like, you can, like, it's not obviously in like a sexual manner, but it's just like consent. Like if he jumps on me, I'm like, no, mommy didn't say that was okay. And it's like, you're teaching, like you're already putting these concepts in their head and hopefully then it transfers over. Like, it's like building that foundation that they can build on when they are older and in intimate relationships. They already right. have that foundation. So I question the efficacy of just teaching your toddler. Like, let's say you raise this perfect baby that knows consent. Um, obviously, you're still going to deal with the the male gaze issue because even if your toddler is perfect, there's, you know, 30 others in the classroom and eventually you're going to start growing boobs and there's just going to mm-hmm. be a lot of confusion in the class. So. I think that's always going to be there regardless of, of education. So what really is the issue and do you need to address it like from an adult level? Yeah. Well, I think the, all it's like an all ages issue. Like I think it's definitely, if you have the foundation, like, yeah, they're going to be peer pressure from their friends or who like don't have the same values because everyone's raising their child the same and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think as long as you start to build that foundation from a young age, like these, like from a teacher's perspective, like they say like from zero to three are their informative years. Like this is where you get the foundation pretty much from like who you're going to be as an adult like this early. And like, yeah, there's those outside influences that drastically change. But I think if you're like putting in the work now, like you're setting them up for a pathway of success and like it starts in the home because there's going to be so many things around society and like when they go to school and all those different things. But if you're able to kind of build that foundation up, it'll continue to like perpetuate forward, hopefully. And then if you have good friends, then hopefully then they can teach their friends and then it like spreads through. And I think a lot of it now too is different because parents are more informed. I think especially with social media and everything, like, you're everyone's aware of every single issue that ever happens essentially so if like parents can make the content effort then hopefully it'll eventually break the cycle like it's not gonna happen overnight obviously it's gonna be it just takes a lot of work but if you're willing to do it I think you should put in the work so I guess I just don't really quite understand fully the problem that we're discussing because I feel like when you have young boys and young girls in a room and they're all growing up together there's always going to be this issue so whether they're Mm -hmm. taught or not there's still going to be all this confusion and they're going to act inappropriately and they're going to be kids basically so the issue isn't so much in my opinion at that level um like when they're this young like Mm -hmm. obviously you want them to have this this consent training and just go about it in the most positive manner but Beyond that, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, you can't just eliminate it altogether. So, no. like, how do you combat it for them as, like, a teenager or as, like, into young adulthood? Like, what what is the actual issue? Is it consent mainly? Yeah, I think, too, it's just, like, um, like, the things that are, like, put onto you. Like, girls, like, young girls, like, Taylor and I were talking about this, and we are saying how it's crazy that like girls are sent home for wearing like a tank top when it's like 
it doesn't really matter what they were wearing because, like, the gaze is just always going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, if mm. a guy wants to think, like, inappropriate things about, like, he's going to do it whether you're wearing something, like, fully clothed head to toe or you're wearing, like, a bikini. Like, it shouldn't really matter. You know what I mean? So there's just, like, within, like, the system already, it's, like, there needs to be a change. So it's, like, perpetuating the the male gaze. It's, like, like they think they're trying to stop it, but there's not really because it's, like, there's no, like, really kind of stopping it because it's, like, they're going to think whatever regardless of what is going on. So it's more, like, teaching girls to be confident and being able to be, like, hey, like, no, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? And like giving them that freedom and things like that. Cause it's just, yeah, it's a, it's tricky. It's very tricky. And like, there's going to be no change overnight or anything, but it's just like, it makes you sad. Like you hear these stories, like the, for example, like the one that really struck with me is a Sarah Everard, English girl walking home and she's killed and it's just like seeing all these things and it's like I've always ever anytime my friends have left like been like text me when you get home safe and it's like have you ever done that as like a guy to a guy friend have you messaged your guy friends no. and like and like that's exactly it. it's just like such a big difference and like because it's like yeah we let our friends walk home from the bar themselves without shoes on <laughs> True story. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So I, I, I do know what you mean. Like it is very different. And mm-hmm. I, I think you do worry more about females. And I, I think I heard a story recently where there was a group of women walking home together, which usually you assume is safe, but mm-hmm. they all got attacked together. And that that's just a whole new issue right there. Like how can you really feel safe like, do you need to be with another man in order to feel safe? And and you definitely shouldn't be that way. Like, you should be able to walk home or at least take all the precautions necessary. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that's tough for you. And, and like, that's where it comes into like that whole male gaze thing. Like a lot of it is about like kind of the domination and like it's a man's world, like power kind of thing. So it's like if we can try to like at least shift it away from being awful (laughs) you know what I mean because it's like there's nothing wrong with trying to be like dominant in like your field like a professional setting or like something like that you know what I mean it's like you want to speak up you want to project for yourself you want your opinion to be heard like very like kind of dominating features that way rather than submissive and there's nothing wrong with that like I think that's good qualities to have male or female but it's when it comes to this like I'm going to dominate everything and I just like don't care that you need to there needs to be addressing so you think it's a domination thing or it's just the guys are super horny thing and just see women as a means to an end I think it's like I totally think it's like a domination thing like not necessarily dominating like it's like possessive it's like I can have this if I want it it doesn't matter. And that's kind of, yeah. And that's like my view. And like from my experiences with like very aggressive men, it's like, it doesn't matter like what you say kind of thing. They're just like, I don't care if I want it, it's happening. And you're like, 
no, no. <laughs> it's really not. I don't know if you've heard about Deshaun Watson. He's the quarterback on the Houston Texans, and he just came out with all these allegations of women saying exactly that. Like he just he he went to all these massage clinics and mm-hmm. there's now like 15 or 20 women that are now um like saying that he basically groped them or raped them or whatever it was mm-hmm. and like that that's exactly it it sounds like he just was in a position he's like I'm an NFL quarterback like you're just going to do what I want and yeah. I think that's that's like an exaggerated version of exactly what you're saying like people think that they're like they're all that and they can just get whatever they want and yeah it's it's that whole matter of consent. Like it doesn't sound like all these women are suing him because none of them seem to have consented to it, but it seems Mm -hmm. like they didn't even really have a choice in the matter. Like it was just going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's like, and it's like, it's interesting. Like I'm sure if you ask like every guy, it's like, if a girl ever bought you a drink, like would she be like, Oh, you owe me this after probably never have experienced that. Where it's like a lot of, I've never had a girl buy me a drink. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like things, it's like you get worried of like accepting these drinks because you're like, what is, what are they looking for essentially? Like there's always an ulterior motive. It's never just like a, especially for like people you don't really know. It's always like, oh, like I'm going to do this or whatever. So it's just like the, like kind of most like thing that like experience I've had was we were at the bar on Halloween and I was walking by and this guy pulled my hair to get my attention, like yanked me with it. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's just a little preview for you. Oh, my God. And yeah, and it's just like shocking. I'm like, how do you say these things to a complete stranger? Like, you don't know. Like, we had had no conversation beforehand, no interaction beforehand. That was like the kind of line. And it was just like so appalling. You're just like, how do you even, and like, that's where it comes into like that kind of thing. It's like, if I want it, I'm going to get it. And it's like, totally breaks any kind of like social, like Mm -hmm. normities. So. So essentially what you're saying is that you can't have any male friends. There's no such thing as just a being male and a female having just a regular friend no i don't think well because you and i are friends and alex like we're all friends it is interesting though because like Gar- that's my question though like i can't is there such thing as a, a platonic male female friendship yeah i think so i i do think so i think it's like not as common as it, it could be um like garth when garth and i first started seeing each other he was like it's weird you have two male like best friends and i'm like why it's so weird and he's like it's just weird <laughs> like, he's like, I, would... I totally agree with him <laughs> and he's like they've never tried anything ever and i was like no like we've strictly always just been friends and he's just like oh it's weird <laughs> so i don't know like maybe like i think it is possible but it's definitely um not as like common. Like, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's that ties it to your point. Like there is a way to strive for that being more of a norm. Mm-hmm. Like I think from the ages of, you know, six to eighteen, it's gonna be impossible. You're gonna have male, female going through all these changes. Like you're always gonna get a lot of, you know, weird circumstances. And I think you wanna just minimize that as much as possible. But from eighteen beyond, like you should be able to train males to have respect and decency to women. 
Totally. And have more of like a normalized platonic friendship between them where it's not just rooted around you know, dominance. Yeah. Well, and that, that's what I think comes back to you. Like, like we could talk about from like six to 18 or whatever, like in the school system, like talking about like, you need to go change your clothes or like this, that, like, it's like the males are already surrounded by this kind of like the lens, right? The male gaze of like, yeah, your outfit could have the potential to make these boys feel uncomfortable. So you need to go and change instead of like teaching the boys like, hey, girls might come to school with their bare legs and their shirts, but you need to just accept that for what it is. It doesn't mean anything. It means they just like the clothes kind of thing. So that's where I think. I think that's a whole, it's related, but I think that's a somewhat different issue where male or men and women have different standards at school. Like a lot of men make the argument and whether or not I agree with this is beside the point, but a lot of men make the argument that, well, if if they can't wear tank tops because I can't wear tank tops. Mm -hmm. And where do you lie on that spectrum? Like, is there a way to have equality amongst what men and women can wear, but also avoid this, this whole male gaze issue? Um, I think like, it's kind of comes down to it's like a professional setting. Like school is supposed to be a learning setting. Like obviously there's the social aspects and everything, but it's like schools are there for learning. So I think a lot of schools like having uniforms like helps eliminate that problem. Um, it's just like it's going to work. Like you need proper business attire, right, when you go into work. So it kind of helps like starting to train to you also for entering the workforce in that regard it's like obviously not everyone has the same jobs like people go to work like if you're working as a bartender in a sports bar like maybe you were, you're gonna wear something else like if you're working in an office downtown so but I think uniforms does help but I know a lot of people are like it takes away like their freedom of expression it's like <laughs> even if you have a uniform the like the kids are going to be wearing whatever they want outside of school. So they're going mm-hmm. to face the exact same issues that they would be facing in class if they didn't have a uniform. So what, what do you do about women that, you know, aren't allowed to wear spaghetti straps and then on the weekend they're, they're wearing the exact same thing that the school is not allowing them. Like should, should we not allow them to wear that at all or should we allow them to wear it all the time? It's, I think like, anything you want like all the time like if you want to wear your thong <laughs> really, bikini and <laughs> nipple tassels out and about sure we have our go first hot <laughs> yeah like i'm all for it like i and especially coming from me like i am like the lamest dresser of all time but i'm like if you feel good and you feel confident and you feel comfortable go for it like if it's helping you feel good like if it makes you feel like crap like covering yourself up then don't cover yourself up like and then I know, like, it's, like, I don't know. It just, like, is frustrating to you. Like, I was thinking about this today, talking about it. Like, even, like, the free the nipple thing. I'm just, like, why is it just, like, like, it's only applicable to female nipples. That whole thing. Because male nips are already free. I know, but that's what I mean. Like, it's so, like, it's, like, dang. Why can't they all be free? All Free all the nipples. So <laughs> like, you're, you're pro freeing the nip. Yeah. Here's the so. thing, and and I I don't know where I stand on this whole free the nip, but I just want to 
illustrate one of the <laughs> issues that I see with it is, and it, this ties exactly to your point of letting children roam the schools and wearing whatever they want. Now, there is this this phenomenon that I just learned today called the male gaze. So if you have a 13-year-old boy mm-hmm. and this girl that he's got a crush on comes into school wearing nothing but a bikini, you can forgive the boy for being a little distracted. And I don't think that's because... Um, specifically that that she's wearing a bikini i think if you if a guy came in and he was wearing just boxers or like a speedo then there'd be the same kind of disruption to the Mm -hmm. class so with this whole free the nip notion when you have a woman and she comes into your workplace and she's she's topless that's going to be more than a little distracting (laughs) regardless of whether she's female or not yeah, and, but then it comes down to, like, if everyone's topless all the time, like, is it a distraction anymore or is it just normalized? I still think it is because I think female breasts are sexualized and male oh, breasts yeah. aren't. For so sure. I think a, a man would be more distracted by a female with her breasts out than than a topless male would distract a female. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's just the nature of female have more sexual organs than men. But the thing is, like, I feel like they're going to be distracted. Like, like obviously, there's a higher distraction factor if they're topless. But it's, like, if you're wearing, like, a tight-fitted shirt with no bra, it's going to be distracted. You know what I mean? Like, things in that regard. But I just – I feel like if it was just more normalized, like, it wouldn't be so sexualized, if that makes sense. I think that's true, actually. When you look at African tribes, for example – the women are topless and you know they're not getting hounded by every male because it is way more normalized so maybe it's the fact that we we romanticize female breasts by always being covered up that, yeah like that's the whole issue right there wow we just saw free the nip there we go <laughs> <laughs> just let it flow well like <laughs> there's this also this other psychosis we learned about it's called like exotic uh what is that exotic is oh i can't think of it now but it's saying, essentially saying, like, things you don't, like, see all the time, like, you find appealing. Right, the novelty of it. Yeah, so it's like, oh, if everyone was just like this all the time, then it's like, would you still find it, like, as appealing? I think you still would, though. Like, if you saw naked females or naked males walking around all the time, it's not like you would just get desensitized to it. You would yeah. still, you would go through peaks and troughs of different levels of horniness to put it bluntly <laughs> well it's interesting like garth always talks about this british show where they like will just like it'll be like a girl and they like she won't know anything about the partners but she'll just see their penises nothing else like she'll just full, see their penises yeah like five guys penises and then she like picks what guy she wants to talk to like based <laughs> on their penis <laughs> Okay, first of all, you only are allowed to bring up one reality TV show per episode. Okay. okay second of all, that best. sounds hilarious. <laughs> That's an and excellent then it's concept. Like, and then it's like the same thing for like the females. Like it'll be like a guy, but they'll show like five different women's like boobs. And then he picks like which one he wants to talk to, like based on their boobs. <laughs> and so it's just like, it's an interesting concept for dating because it like takes like all that kind of like I guess like sexual energy like out the window right away and then and then it's like the personality. Where do they find these women? Is is penis 
architecture the most important trait that they're looking for? Does that even matter? As long as it's, I feel like it matters to some people, but like I don't know, like no one wants really (laughs) to see a penis. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Oh, no thanks. Yeah, I don't know. That was like the worst thing about being single too. It's like the amount of like unsolicited penis pictures (laughs) you receive. Unsolicited. What do you think the average number you receive is? Oh, I don't even know. Like, it was just awful. You're like, da da da. Oh, Snapchat. Open it. A penis. You're like, it's two p.m. <laughs> on a Wednesday. To be fair, you're on like, Snapchat. What's going though. on. That that's what Snapchat was designed for. <laughs> that's true. But like, you're just like, why? Why did you just send me this? Like, what am I going to do two p.m. on a Wednesday at work with this <laughs> penis picture? Like, no, thank you. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, because, like, girls would never, like, I feel like, unless you're, like, in a long-term relationship, you want to do something, like, spicy, but just, like, it's like, oh, man, like, this guy I don't even know, I'm sending a picture of my junk, like, would be like, no. So is there a time ever, say you're in a long-distance relationship, is there ever a time that it is somewhat flattering? I feel like once you're in a relationship, but it's just, like, if you're not even dating the person, and they just are, like, firing off these pics, you're, like, no thanks. Yeah, it's the, it's the shock factor that gets you. Yeah. I'm like, what am I? No. No, thank you, sir. I don't know. Boys need to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> There's our new title. Yeah. <laughs> we got to step up here. Figure it out. 